Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com. I am here in the studio with only Amy Oztan, SelfishMom.com. I am sick. That's why I sound like this. This is the second time in one month, and I haven't been Uh. sick, seriously, since I had swine flu seven years ago, (laughs) which I thought did me in for life, but I was wrong. Um, So that's why I sound weird. We doesn't matter. I'm here in the studio. We have two great topics today. The first is your kids and money. How do you teach them about money as they get older? How do you do allowance? And more importantly, how do you transition them into credit card, debit card users that are smart and savvy? And we're going to have a special guest, Kaylee. Kelly Whalen joining us for that. And topic two is Valentine's Day because it's coming up. And last year we were totally down on Valentine's Day. So we're going to try to not be so down on Valentine's Day this year um, and instead have lots of fun apps and sites to recommend. So we are going to jump right in. We have Kelly Whalen, founder of Sensible Life, on the phone. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi, how are you guys today? Good. Good. We are so happy you're joining us, even though you're way down in Philly. We're happy you could join us on the phone. I'm so excited to be on the show. I'm a big fan of the show, and I love what you guys are doing. So um, I might fangirl on you a little bit, but that's okay. (laughs) I love that. You're our first, like, long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) That makes me so happy. Um, Well, of course, we wanted to turn to you. I should say, I always say, like, full disclosure, Amy and I are friends with Kelly, but um, truly, I would say we, we all sort of started um, blogging at the same time, which is many, many years now. Like, I don't want to think about how many years, <laughs> um, but more than seven. And I think, you know, what's been amazingly unique about what you do is you're so focused on finance and budgeting and helping families sort of stretch what they have without sacrificing living a really nice life, living a good life and making your priorities straight and then teaching that to your kids. Which well, is Well, that's like a really nice little wrap up of what I do. <laughs> I need to like write that down and put that in my media kit or something. That's I love your that. elevator pitch. You're you're yeah, welcome. That's uh, my elevator pitch now. You're going to do all my elevator pitches from now on. And and we should help people find your site by saying that it's sensible like sense, like dollars and cents. Yes, yeah. E-E-N-T-S, not sensible like your head. You're, we're talking <laughs> mostly about money or in some form, I kind of try to bring everything I talk about back towards finance or just, you know, thinking about it from a financial perspective. Yes. And we should say, how many children do you have, Kelly? I have four kids and they are 18, 14, 11, and 10. So, you know, from what you speak, (laughs) for sure, (laughs) you're balancing a lot of different ages and stages, um, especially with college looming. And that's always interesting. (laughs) That's a whole other topic we'll probably have to have you on. But you um, have really been through this topic really thoroughly. I think both I think we should maybe start with allowance, because I think there's always a question. I see it on Facebook at least a couple times a year. My kid is five, should I start allowance? My kid is eight, should I start allowance? How much, how do I do it? It's a really heavy topic. And what should I do it for, right? Chores versus 
just, what you just are, breathing. Right, just being part of the family <laughs> and what's expected of you. So what's your philosophy on that? So I actually think that you can start before they're born, which is crazy, but no, I'm seriously, I mean, when you start thinking about having kids or you, you're expecting, I mean, one of the things that you start to think about is how expensive everything is suddenly. Like all of a sudden you realize how much money is going to be spent over the next, you know, 18 plus years of your life. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's a big deal to start thinking about it then and start putting aside money for expenses that you're going to have, medical bills you might have. And, you know, one of the things that I really love to do when people have babies, when they have you know, you have a baby shower or you're giving a gift to a friend is to just give them a little bit of cash to put in the savings account. Um, my grandparents, of course, old school used to do savings bonds. Nobody does that anymore, but it's a great way to like encourage people to start saving. And there are actually like a ton of tools out there now where you can set up an account and have people kind of jointly kind of just put money in as a gift whenever you want. There's lots of different ways to do it. But I mean, I, I think starting with an allowance before they're bored is not even a bad idea. <laughs> but when you're talking about giving them like an actual, you know, here's some money for you to spend, I think it starts when they're in that toddler phase of life and you start taking them, you know, shopping, whether it's the grocery store, or wherever you're shopping, and they're starting to ask about getting things like they want something. And sometimes that's before they're even really like able to kind of talk about it. Like they're just like grabbing things off the shelf. Like this is my favorite cereal I want to take this home so we started when the kids were really little because I wanted them to understand that you know our family is on a fixed budget when it comes to things like that so you can't just go to the toy store or the bookstore and buy all the things you want because you're just you know you're gonna go broke and you know then mom and dad can't afford to put like food on the table or like you know pay the rent or pay the mortgage if we're buying like you know hundreds of dollars worth of books or toys so we would start with them when they were really little, just sort of saying like they had a budget, so to speak, of buying like one snack at the grocery store. Or if we were going to buy a gift for a friend, you know, a toy, we would maybe budget some extra time in there for them to like play with the toys and talk about it. Like, okay, what are the things that you really like in the toy store? These are things that you could talk about for your birthday or the holidays or when somebody wants to buy you a gift. So starting them that at that really young age, I think it starts to get them to think about what they're spending and sort of how budgeting works, even if it's that, you know, you can only pick one snack from the grocery store because then they have to, you know, go put the thing back that they saw first that they really thought they wanted, but then they get to the cookie aisle and they see the cookies that they love. So now they have to go put the, you know, bag of chips back on the shelf. So starting them from that age is even really something that we did. And then getting into sort of giving them actual physical cash, we started doing that, I think, around age four or five, depending on the kid. Sometimes it's six. Um, it just really depends on when they start to really want to go out and kind of spend their own money or they feel like they need their own money. A lot of times for many families, that's around the time when they go to school. So it might be, you know, budgeting for those snacks that they want to buy at lunchtime or things like that that are kind of already coming into their their sphere of, of influence from outside you know it's not just you taking them to the store but they're going to school and they're seeing the school store where they can buy pencils or they're going you know to a 
to a birthday party and they have to go pick out a gift for a friend. So it starts getting them thinking about that from that young age. Well, believe it or not, I started this with my son when he was two because he would drive me crazy on the playground asking for ices and ice cream and all that stuff. So I started giving him a little baggie each week with 10 quarters. And he caught on pretty quickly, I'd say within about a month, that once the baggie of 10 quarters was gone, he got no more playground snacks for the rest of the week. And it just, it it made it easier for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, following their lead is really important. And each of my kids kind of had like a different way that they kind of led into you know, sort of wanting that allowance money and wanting to be able to spend their own money. And certainly it evolves. It's not, I mean, it's one of those conversations as parents we have and we kind of go, when do we start? How much does the the tooth fairy, you know, leave for a tooth? And, you know, how much are you guys spending on sort of after school activities? How much is too much? You know, all these kinds of conversations we have surrounding money and kids. But, you know, what it boils down to is each individual kid, you're going to kind of get a sense of where they're at what they need and and really you know some of the sometimes that conversation is very natural and sometimes you have to kind of push it because maybe they're not the kind of kid that you know would pick up on that or even think about um you know wanting the icy at the playground maybe they're the kind of kid that you know if you give it to them awesome but they're not thinking like i want it you know yeah my my son always cared a whole lot more about money than my daughter did so on the one hand it was an easier way to motivate him but on the other mm-hmm. hand like you know it, it it got out of hand quickly where he he almost became greedy that never happened with my daughter like she just doesn't really care about money either way so my girls are one, right one could shop till she drops or everyone else drops she'll never drop <laughs> and one really doesn't care i mean just so wow. so doesn't care there's, we'll there's have a every nature dime there's a nature ever, versus nurture right, study right there because they're twins, they're twins. <laughs> um, um yeah. so it, for me i know that my big problem is that i never have cash like never not in the house not you know when i need to buy something on the street from the fruit guy who doesn't take credit cards <laughs> i never have cash and so in the beginning i made a point of doling out their allowance in one dollar bills so that they could you know divide it up into savings and all of that and you know as the years went on I I just got so bad about it that now I keep track of it in my Google calendar and Mm -hmm. I just owe them hundreds of dollars (laughs) (laughs) so like they don't have their money accessible they're not learning anything about it so I would like to transition to doing this automatically on some kind of card, but I have no idea what the options are and what the penalties are and what it's going to cost me and what happens if they lose the card. Um, So I was hoping you could help me with that. Absolutely. I mean, I think you made a really valid point, though, that that beginning stage, having the cash in the hand or the coins like your son had in a little baggie, I mean, that's really helpful for young kids to kind of have that hands-on experience because it really helps them understand when it's gone, it's gone. And there's no, you know, kind of nebulous credit that mom might have where (laughs) she's like, well, you know, oh, yeah, I'll let you buy that and then you'll owe me for next week's allowance. Yeah, welcome Um, to my life. Not that I have any experience with that. (laughs) But... It's true. I mean, I definitely reached that point with my kids, too, where I was kind of like, you know, keeping a spreadsheet of sort of how much they get every week. And with our family, it's um, it's their age divided in half 
for every two weeks. So if you're 10, you get $5 every two weeks. And that's that's worked for us. Every family is going to be different. But that's worked for us because it's not a huge amount of money, but it's enough that they can sort of learn to manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we reached that point where I, I too, had that spreadsheet with, like, hundreds of dollars <laughs> of, you know, owed to the one kid that saved every dime. And, you know, the other kids had, like, a modest amount. And so I had to figure out what to do. And so... Thankfully, my oldest is four years older than everybody else, so he's the experimental child. So <laughs> we have to try a lot of different different things with him. Um, for kids that are under 13, there are a lot of bank programs that are available. Whatever bank that you're at probably has like a kid's you know, savings account that you can start with. Those are super simple to do because if it's attached to your you know, tracking account, then you can just automatically deposit the allowance in it you know, every week or every two weeks or every month, however you decide to do it. Um, and a lot of those are really great, too, because then you get that physical experience of going to the bank, and when they want to take out cash, they, they get actual cash, and they can, you know, turn their coins in at the coin, you know, collector that they have at a lot of banks and things like that. And, um, you know, I, with our local bank, they offered even, you know, some educational materials to go along with it. They were, I think, Bernstein Bears-themed, which was great for really little kids and there was a maybe I think $20 or maybe it was 25 you know that they put in your account when you opened it so it was like a thank you for banking with them so that was that was like a great way to get them started to get them kind of used to that to get them to understand what a bank is (laughs) how to go and take your money out of the bank you know and and all of those kinds of things that you still need to know even though a lot of us are very digital right now but then as they reach that like teen stage of life then it's then it becomes a little different because they are often off doing things with other people or on their own and so you kind of want to give them some freedom without you having to drive to the bank and get cash out with them and that kind of thing so that's kind of the phase where we look at maybe um the prepaid cards that they have now for teenagers which are awesome because when you're talking about a prepaid card it's not a gift card so it's not going to like if you lose it you know, a gift card, you lose all the value in a gift card. But with a prepaid card, it's a like it acts like a credit card or a debit card. So if you lose the card, then you just call them and tell them you lost it and they freeze your account and any purchases you didn't make, you know, are gonna be refunded to you. Um, and it acts just like, like I said, like a credit or debit card. So they can go to, you know, a store and purchase something. They can go out to eat with friends and buy something with their card. And also built into a lot of those prepaid cards are spending limits, notifications for parents. So you could get an email or a text alert saying, you know, your kid's at the pizza shop and they just spent five ninety five on pizza. So now you know kind of like what's going on and how much they're spending. So you can kind of monitor that when they're getting started, which is great. And then, you know, there's also these things built into it too so that they can't overdraw that account that's the biggest problem i think you know you start to face when kids first start to get into debit cards or credit cards they're going to not understand the long-term impact of that so those tools are really really smart because then you know they're not able to overdraw it they can only spend what they have but they don't you know it's not on you then you can give them that card and they can use it just like you would use your credit or debit card anywhere. 
That's I know awesome. my niece, I think, has something set. She left for college, and that is what my brother-in-law set up. I think on his Amex. Like, there's a way, maybe I'm wrong, but I was pretty sure it was Amex. You can get, a, like, a kid account mm-hmm. on your Amex under you, and you can set the spending limit on it. That's great. Um, I- I especially, I love the idea of the alerts. I never thought of that because I know that on my own Amex, I've set it so that I get an email if anybody spends over a certain amount. Just, you know, because like if we're making a huge purchase, we know we're doing it. But if somebody steals the card, they're they're probably spending a lot on it. I would, you know, I don't care if my son spends $4 on a slice of pizza and a a water. But if I suddenly see somebody spending $50, I want to know right away. So that's awesome. Well, and and there's, you know, definitely some drawbacks with those cards, too. I mean, there are a few. I mean, I I say that they're great tools, but there are also some monthly expenses that go along with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of them have, you know, if you don't kind of have that automatic um, withdrawal set up from your own checking account or the automatic deposit into the account, they will charge you a monthly fee of, you know, a certain amount. Well, the fees um, can't be much worse than the interest my kids are going to start charging me for how no. much I owe them. So I'll end yeah, up saving exactly, money. Exactly, exactly. So, that, I mean, that's definitely a tool you can use um, to get them started and kind of, you know, and, and that, that tool, that piece of, like, monitoring them, I think is really helpful because it gives them the ability to know that, like, you know, you're checking in with them and you're sort of helping them through that process. And, that I think is really key because it has to be, you know, you can't go from kind of managing everything for them to giving them like free reign, which is what tended to happen a lot, I think, in our generation where, you know, you went off to college and then there's somebody going like, here's your credit card, mm-hmm. sign up and get a free Frisbee. And you're like, cool, awesome. Like you have no idea what the consequences are of that or like what the long-term impacts are, or what an interest rate is or any of that. That was so me. That was totally me. No, that's that's fantastic. The flip side of that is you are also helping your kid build credit, which is really important. Um, I don't think people pay enough attention to that, that having your kid build up a good credit rating and a good credit score is just setting them up for so much good in life. Um, So it is good to have those cards that will help them establish credit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like that final transition that you can do as they get into those, you know, 16 and up years or when they go off to college or something where you have them as an authorized user on your card um, where you have them set up with their own credit card with like a lower limit. And you can, again, I mean, it's that you're going to help them understand sort of what it means and how to set up, you know, paying it off every month and how not to go over their their credit limit and things like that so it can help them start to build you know their financial life as they get off you know into adulthood but um also i mean circling back like you know if that prepaid debit card isn't something that you feel comfortable with or maybe it's not a good fit or the fees are too high for you there are other options out there too there are um Again, lots of banks offer them, lots of car companies offer them, but we really like USAA. Um, they have a, uh, I guess it's called a teen checking and savings account, so they're required to have a savings account, and they have like a, a credit or a debit card account, like so it's a checking and savings account. So pretty much what most of us would have anyway, and it just is another like step on that kind of rung to financial independence for them to, to, to learn how to manage that, what that looks like. I like it a lot because they have um, an app that you can use 
and I'm sure a lot of other banks do as well, but we just have experience with this one because that's what my son is using now. And he can deposit checks into it. He can, you know, check his balance. He can move money from checking to savings or from savings to checking. So I, I think there are a lot of great tools out there. You just have to kind of figure out what makes the most sense for your kids. And really it's that that piece of like, you know, staying on top of them and staying with them as they kind of learn those financial skills. And honestly, if you're somebody who, like me, was very, you know, unsavvy financially <laughs> when you had kids, like you will learn because you have to, you have to learn along the way and they'll kind of teach you along the way as you're going and going, okay, well, wait, now I need to figure out what, what comes next. What's the yeah. next step? And it has been invaluable for me to go through that process with them because I've learned a lot about sort of all of these tools and pieces of technology that I maybe wouldn't have paid attention to. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us and thank you for all the information. We will take it to heart. Actually, we'll sort through it and we'll put links to everything on our Facebook page mm -hmm. and links to The Sensible Life. Thanks, Kelly. It was so great thank to have you. you on. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> That was great. I, I have to, I really have to get on top of this with my kids because um, at this point they're not learning anything about savings. Now they just have like giant chunks of money sitting there and I'm doling out money and keeping track of it on, you know, on something that they never see. Yeah, it's yeah. not good. Not good at all. All right. Well, we will be right back with topic two, Valentine's Day. All right. Don't go anywhere. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Okay, we are back with our second topic, Valentine's Day. And yes. seriously, so last year, I just, I remember, it was maybe our fourth show. Fifth we were show. all cranky. We were cranky, but our focus, and I still do think this is right, was don't make Valentine's Day all about your kids. Yeah. Just don't forget your spouse, that there is life beyond your children in your marriage. Valentine's Day is supposed to be a romantic holiday, but it has become just sort of like a general love holiday, which is also fine, because if you don't have a special someone, um, you should be able to celebrate Valentine's Day. I'm sure there's people in your life who you love and who mm -hmm. love you. So it's always a nice day to say, I love you, or thank you, or show some gratitude. Valentine's Day can just be about all those things. It doesn't have to be romantic. But if you do have a special someone in your life, um, there's nothing wrong with taking some time, with going out to dinner without your children, mm -hmm. um, buying something just for your spouse, buying something, having him or her buy something for you, and buy yourself some chocolate why not yeah uh, <laughs> that's or the next day my favorite right, holiday is the day. day after to go get all the half price chocolate yes when you can get your Reese's peanut butter cup hearts mm. that's for half off that's a good day half price chocolate tastes like four <laughs> times as good it really does and I don't know I mean I'm a I'm a really crazy chocolate person like I'm an actually a crazy crazy chocolate person um, and I only like dark chocolate Except for a certain key drugstore chocolate, and one is uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh yeah. Although the Trader Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups are 
so good they shouldn't even be allowed to be sold. Like they're insanely good. You've never tried those? I've only been in a Trader Joe's twice and one of those times was with you, remember? Yes. I went with you and Nancy. Oh my God, yeah. dark chocolate. Trader Joe's dark chocolate. That should be my bite of the week. Like literal bite. <laughs> <laughs> Except you can't eat just one. And um, and M&M's. I just, uh. there's a place in my heart always for M&M's. I, it's the one thing I would not like in dark chocolate. I actually did not like dark no, chocolate No, I didn't M&Ms. like this either. Can I tell you, I did a thing with, with M&M's a few months ago and I cleaned my entire house last week because I had family staying with me and I found like literally about five pounds of M&M's that I brought home from that event and had forgotten about. It was so, it was like finding money (laughs) in my house. Yeah, M&M's are so good. So good. Um, So those are like drugs and snow caps, but only at the movies. Yeah, only at the movies. movies. And Bunch of Crunch. That's another one that I only ate at the movies. That's so interesting. Yeah. I'm a Snowcaps, Junior Mints, Peanut M&M's. Those are my movie go-tos. No, for some reason now I'm just conditioned if I eat popcorn, I need Bunch of Crunch. <laughs> I don't know. But for Valentine's Day, I think you should, you know, you can step it up. Although yeah. I still would be happy with the Reese's Peanut Butter. Yeah, I was going to say that's the time for finer chocolate, unless you're married to me and you know that I really don't <laughs> like good chocolate. Like, most of the time I'm happier with a Hershey bar than with something expensive. See, what I don't like is assorted. Yeah. I don't like assorted. You sit there, you take a bite out of each one, you smell I smell them to make sure it's not fruit inside. Well, you need my mom. My mom has the ability to look at a piece of chocolate and tell you exactly what's inside. Oh, that's a woman who's seen a lot of Whitman yes. samplers. Yes, she has. <laughs> She's good. All right. So Amy, you pulled up, you had a bunch of apps, even though we mm-hmm. said don't make it all about the kids, but it's fun for kids. Yeah. What? Yeah, especially little kids. These are yes, these are mostly kids. geared towards smaller kids who see all of the hearts everywhere and they want to be a part of it. Um, so we've got some apps that they would like. The first one, I love this. Did your kids love um, Where's My Perry and Where's My Water? I don't even know what that oh is. Oh, my God. Oh, my kids were obsessed with those games. Okay. Um, they're these Disney games. And they have a Valentine's version, Where's My Valentine. So if your kid already likes Where's My Water and Where's My Perry or even if they don't, this is a What's really a cute game. That's my uh, daughter's middle name. <laughs> I should have gotten her that game. Um, and we will, of course, put links to all of these on our Facebook page. Um, the second one, you know those little sliding puzzles where the picture goes into yes. like four or eight or 16 pieces and there's one missing, so you have to slide them all over the place to get them back into the picture? I'm terrible at those. Me too. But um, if your kid likes those, we've got a link to a Valentine sliding puzzle that has all Valentine-themed puzzles. Um, there's another one. Do you know what tangrams are? No. Or maybe it's tangram. I don't know how you pronounce it, but I love those. It's where you take little shapes and make them into a bigger shape. It's that kind oh, of yeah, puzzle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I used to have a magnetic one for See, car trips. IQ test prep materials that yes. every New York City child of those. Exactly. I loved those. So this is an app that has love-themed Telegram puzzles. Um, so I actually played with that one. That's a lot of fun because I love those puzzles. And now I want to know where the one is that I used to have in my car for road trips because that was my favorite. Um, Another one is uh, one that kids can use to make collages of pictures. So if you've got pictures of, like, you and your family, you know, you and your friends, you can make really cute collages with, you know, heart stickers and all this other Valentine's-themed stuff to put on it. So that's really cute. And then the last one, I thought this was adorable. Um, Ziggy Marley wrote a kid's book 
called I Love You Too. And it's got a really cute app, so you can play around with the book. And I, I thought that that was very sweet. That's really cute. Yeah. I liked um, so Cool Bomb Picks had, um, they do every year, they just round up a sort of irreverent Valentine's Day oh, cards. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. That is great. We'll link to that one. That's a really, that's always hilarious. And then I think it was Cool Mom Picks or Cool Mom Tech, one or the other, um, had a fantastic roundup of Valentine's Day principles. So if you have to print if you, or give out 30. Oh, like for a classroom? Yes, for a classroom. So you can actually print them at home instead of running to the drugstore, trying to find your whatever, mm-hmm. and then hoping they're gender neutral and <laughs> all that. Um, it's so easy to print them at home and have your kids cut them out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can't give out candy anymore in classrooms right. because of allergies. So we always did lollipops. You're always safe with the lollipops. Yeah, lollipops are safe. Unless they choke on them. Nothing's safe. <laughs> Nothing's safe. So if you just want to do no candy. Um, but these printables are so cute. They had Star Wars. Like they had all sorts. But they were like cool, funky ones. They weren't just the regular drugstore ones. Nice. Um, so I highly recommend printing that stuff yourself. I do think it's nice for you to have your kids give something to each other or to a spouse like if you're giving stuff to the kids it's not a bad idea to oh, like wow we never did that we never did that anywhere either but now i think it's a good idea because i see that my children are lacking a little bit of the giving impulse in a big way and i totally blame myself that um actually maybe i blame my husband because i always make sure that they make him cards for his mm-hmm. birthday he never makes sure that they do that for me we never made sure that either one did that. My daughter will like just spontaneously make cards and throw a party, but <laughs> that's like that's all within her. And if she doesn't decide to do it, we never made her. And my son, no, no I instinct to do that. I think it's actually not good. Like no, I've, I, I've I agree. decided I that I that. have I have totally failed in that. I have not imprinted on my children that it's important for them to give because they want to not because they're being told to or that that's something natural you should just do yeah and i don't think it's too late so you know drill it in them now but it's not i you know i had friends who always made sure that their kids had a gift for a spouse on a birthday which Mm -hmm. i never cared about because i always felt like you're still paying for it it never felt like what does it matter but then i guess the truth is kids even though we just talked about well we can tie that into allowance you know they should contribute to the gift right or maybe have part so we we when we go back to allowance a little bit but we had the piggy bank that divides into four Mm -hmm. where it was you did 30 percent save 30 percent um invest Mm -hmm. 30 percent spend and 10 percent charity that's nice and at the end of the year they would empty the charity one we'd go to like the coin thing and get the real money and then they would pick a charity um invest got put into a bank account that got invested um, in mutual funds at the end of the year and save was usually they had something in mind yeah like a long-term goal of buying like a bike right. or an instrument right or, or a robot yeah. or whatever it was um and spend was like theirs for the week if they yeah. chose to save it fine i do think that some portion of that method could also be and maybe it's the save portion that like 10 percent of save so it's 10 percent of 30 percent you could start to think like oh this is gonna be like a gift fund when i want to buy gifts for people mm-hmm. or it can come out of their spend fund for the week but starting to think about 
others and not just in that little charity portion. Yeah. But and others at, close to you. And at a certain point, I, th- I feel like it was around second or third grade, um, we started having our kids pay for half of the gifts that they were giving to friends because suddenly they didn't want to give the friends the $50 right. gift. Like that really changed their perspective on the gifts that they were giving to other people. Not that we didn't want them to be as generous, but it just gave them per- some perspective of, oh, uh, yeah, that does cost money. I like this friend, but I don't need to spend a million dollars right. on him. And also, I think Valentine's Day is a nice time to do that. Like mm-hmm. it's everyone's giving to each other at yeah. once and you're giving in the classroom. So I, that's why I love the printables because mm-hmm. they're really inexpensive. You can also pick different ones for different people. So you don't have to have the one set. Um, it's something easy. Your kid participates in the classroom, which is really nice. You know, unlike when they get older in high school and it becomes like some high schools have. Oh, they do like those, send those, those the carnation sales yes, and stuff. Yeah, whatever. those are always so. You just spend so all awful. day being so nervous that you're not going to get any. And for goodness sake, I still hear stories about classrooms where the kids make little envelopes to collect up their valentines, and then at the end of the day, you have to tell everybody how many valentines <gasps> you got. No, that is like, oh my God, yes, every year I hear about these things and their kid came home crying because he only got three and, you know, the most popular girl got 12. No, that cannot happen. That is awful. That's just awful. If you hear about that happening, you talk to that teacher. That is not what Valentine's Day is about. Yeah. So, and then Amy, you brought up an interesting point the other day about Galentine's Day. Oh my God. Uh, Yeah, I started getting pitches. You know, as bloggers, we get pitched all the time about things to write about. And on the same day, I got three pitches almost right in a row using the term Galentine's Day, like turn it into a friendship thing. If you want to, we just talked about all the different ways you can tell people that you love them. That's great. Don't use that word. It's not a thing. (laughs) Galentine's Day is not a thing. And I refuse to let it be a thing. It is pretty funny that all these things have popped up as a way to, I mean, look, I definitely had, we had high school, you know, when you're in high school and you're with all your girlfriends and no one has a boyfriend yeah. or you all want to be rebellious and be like, screw Valentine's Day. But you would never call it that. No. That makes it so It's uncool. such a marketing thing. <laughs> it's yeah. so awful. Um, but maybe, I don't know, tell us we're wrong. Tell us Galentine's Day is your favorite day of the year. No, we're right. Know. No, we're, we're <laughs> no. right on this one. Galentine's Day cannot be a thing. But I do think it's um, Valentine's Day is like a nice opportunity to just talk about it, you know, as like a way to show gratitude, tell people you love them. It could also be your grandma or your mm-hmm. aunt or whatever, but it shouldn't be all at the kids. They should yeah. be taught to like reciprocate in some way. And I think Valentine's Day is a good time to do it. So we will have links to all those apps that Amy talked about and to uh, the cool printables and stuff like that in time for you to get on it. I think Mm -hmm. Valentine's Day is on the weekend this year. Yeah, it's on Sunday. So I'm not sure when schools are celebrating. Probably Probably Monday. Monday or Friday. So we will have that up in time. Oh, schools do it on Monday. Give parents the weekend to get it together. No, Monday's President's Day. So oh, no so it would be Tuesday. Maybe, so we, maybe there's just a reprieve from Valentine's yeah. Day in school this year. No, if, if Monday's a holiday, then it will it's be Friday. Friday. So get on it, people. But we have printables to save the day. You don't yes. have to run to Target or the drugstore. <laughs> we'll be right back with our Bites of the Week. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, we are back with our bites of the week. 
And I'm going to start with Amy Shock because hey. it's just the two of us. So All right. go for it. Well, it's funny. I have two because I couldn't decide, and they're so different from each other. Um, one of them is useful, and one of them is just totally indulgent. So we'll do the useful one first. Um, for a long time now, Microsoft has been making um, Office 365 available to students for free. Um, it's That's incredibly helpful because... You know, that way kids can can do a lot of their work online and they don't have to pay for the programs. But the catch was the student had to have some kind of email address through their school and the school had to be signed up for the program. And not all schools have done this and not all kids have email addresses for their schools. It was announced, I think either yesterday or today, that Microsoft is making Office 365 available to all New York City public school students, which is just Incredible. That's what, a million students? 1.1 million? 1.3. 1.3. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that's that's just fantastic. Regardless of whether your school is signed up or not, whether, you know, you, you can just do this. So if you're in New York City, your kids go to public school, it's not just for them. With this um, account, they can download Office 365 onto up to five PCs or Macs, so your whole family can use it. You can download it onto tablets, onto phones. It's, it's fantastic. Um, so if you go to studentoffice.net, the sign-up takes about a minute. So that's that's just great. It is really cool. Yeah. And also very smart of them because so every school is using Google Docs. Yeah. And this will get kids using Office. Yeah. And the online versions of Office I like so much better than yeah. Google Docs. Google Docs hates me for some reason. <laughs> so that just might be me. Um, so my second bite is a bite, B-I-T-E. Um, on Super Bowl Sunday, I got out the deep fryer, which happens every Super Bowl Sunday. Huh? And I'm a vegetarian, but I like to make the carnivores in my life happy. And I had one friend who had done a huge favor for me about a month ago. And I promised her that if she did this favor, I would make her bacon-wrapped mozzarella sticks. (laughs) And this was so easy. If you have a deep fryer, you just basically wrap a frozen mozzarella stick in bacon, hold the bacon on with toothpicks, and deep fry it for three minutes. That was it. And everybody went crazy. So if you like bacon, you like cheese, you have a deep fryer, there you go. Wow. You should plug your deep fryer, too. Oh, yeah. You know what? You love your deep fryer. Well, we're on a new one because I broke the old one. (laughs) Did you know that if you plug in a deep fryer and you turn it on without there being oil in it, you break it? Like, that's it. Yeah. I heated it up one time forgetting that there was no oil in it, so I had to buy a new one. I don't even know which, what, what brand this one is, but I'll look because I love it, and I'll post it. All right. I know, because you deep-fried everything. You deep-fried Oreos. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We also did deep-fried Oreos. That happens every time the fryer comes out. <laughs> That's just mandatory. I love that you have the Oreos in the house to do that. I can't keep Oreos well, in the house. Well, I actually bought a pack specifically to do that and had to beat everyone away from it for the entire day. I was like, no, that's for the deep-fried Oreos. Yeah, that's my one. That's my... Um, Trigger food. Yeah. I can't have Oreos in my house. Oh, I yeah. I can go through them like yeah. 10 at a time, no problem. That and Thin Mints, which I have a freezer full of. See, I couldn't have them in the house. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you also weigh about 100 pounds less than I do. Because so <laughs> I don't I, have those in the I house. I keep them in the house. Um, so my bite of the week is also a bite. I, as I said earlier, I am a chocolate um, freak. And my favorite chocolate in New York City is Jacques Torres. Mm-hmm. I love Jacques Torres, um, not just because it's only 10 blocks from my house, um, but he makes, I think, um, the best bark 
I'm like a bark Ooh, fiend. Oh, I've never had it. Oh my god, it's so good. <gasps> all different bark. flavors. I like lots of stuff in my bar. I like nuts. Mm-hmm. I like I like all kinds. It's of the one place where I like lots of different yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Me too. But the best thing he makes, which I think is great for Valentine's Day, not for the kids probably, unless you have kids who like spicy, is his Wicked Hot Chocolate. It is super, super dark chocolate with spite, like hot spice. Oh, like Mexican like chili. chocolate yes, kind of thing? Yes, it's like Mexican chocolate. That I don't like. It is so, I can't even describe how good it is. Only in the winter. In the summer, you'll like die if you drink it. <laughs> um, it's like the right amount of heat, not too much, because sometimes it's too much heat and you don't taste the chocolate. This is like the best dark, dark chocolate, and then it's got the right amount of heat. Don't you can't drink it after four p.m. No joke. It's like having eighty cups of coffee, and you'll have freaky dreams. But it is so good, and you can buy the mix online. So you can buy the Wicked Hot Chocolate. I think you can order the Bark online. I think you can order all. Ooh. He does beautiful Valentine's chocolates. Like if you want to go old school hearts, and he has. I mean, his actual chocolates are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You can make your own assortment box, which is how I like oh, to make nice. the assortment box. Oh, that's nice. I can put box. in just the ones that exactly. I like. I didn't know you Keep could do that. the fruit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fruit has no place in chocolate, unless it's a chocolate dipped strawberry. Yeah, I mean, I don't actually mind, like, dried cherries in my bark, mm-hmm. but I do not like creamy, fruity centers. Mm-hmm. That's a no-no. Me neither. Um, so, Jacques Torres, we will put a link. He's also such a sweetheart. We had the pleasure of meeting him a couple years ago. My daughters did a chocolate-making Halloween thing with him. Hmm. I think I actually have a video of my daughter interviewing Jacques Torres. Okay, we have we'll to link put to it that. up. Um, he sat with them for, like, an hour. Aww. making, And I can't even tell you the amount of chocolate we made. It was, I had, I hate to say it, but I had to throw it out. <gasps> it was so much chocolate. They made houses. They made black cats because oh, it was Halloween. It was so gross. I'm going to cry. It was really gross <laughs> when I think about it now. I'm like, I can't believe we did that. But at a certain point. She has that much chocolate. She throws it out. I find five pounds of M&Ms that are months old. <laughs> I'm like, woohoo! I was like, I have to get rid of this. We're just going to die. Um, so that is my bite of the week. A literal bite for Valentine's Day. Maybe also a hint for my husband who doesn't listen to the show. So <laughs> there you go. We can stop by his office and I can know. tell him. Hint, and it's 10 blocks from our house. So it's like, no excuse. Um, so that is it. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. We had a great time, just thank the two you. of us. But thank next you, week, Kelly. I know. Thank you, Kelly. Next week, Andrea will be back. We actually have a special show next week, which mm-hmm. will be live from Toy Fair. We're going to be talking about the hottest trends that we're seeing in connected toys and tech and digital kids and what the trends are for parents who are looking at toys and tech and trying to figure out old school versus new mm-hmm. and how to keep that balance. So that should be a really fun um, podcast because we're going to see toys before anyone else and we'll Ooh. give you the inside scoop. So until next week, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash parenting bites, where you'll find the links to everything we talked about today. iTunes.com, rate, review us, subscribe. And of course, on play.it, where you can find parenting bites and all the CBS podcasts. There are so many. We should, yeah. we should talk about some of them sometime. Maybe we we'll have do some a, of them on. Yeah, we the like a lot fun. of them. So we will look into that, too. And if you have a favorite, let us know. We'd love to have guests on the show from other podcasts that you listen to. Until next week, talk to you then. Bye.